structure of the talk, uh, I'll start off with about half an hour's worth of one-on-one uh, -on -one interview. We're going to talk about Tasha's life in general um, and then transition a bit into Love Island and the villa and then on to present day stuff. Um, and then you'll have a chance for your own questions after that. So yeah, I, I guess I wanted to start. Um, so you've talked about uh, your deafness as a superpower, mm -hmm. um, but you've also said that it was quite difficult in your upbringing and, mm -hmm. and teenage years. Um, so how did you develop like the confidence that you have today and do you have any tips for it? Yeah, I think like growing up, um, I was born into a hearing family, so none of my family was deaf or had yeah. any hearing impairment, so I was kind of born into a completely new environment. Even for my family, it was mm. like they had to deal with something yeah. they never dealt with before. Um, and confidence didn't come like straight away, you know, especially when you're a teenager, you're still trying to figure out who you are as a person, what you want to do with your life, career, you know, us girls, what we have to deal with as well. All those kind of things come on top, so it's kind of like, it was a ma massive like mental health knockdown for me, because I was always comparing myself in such a negative, negative way to people, um, especially being the only deaf student at my high school as well. Um, so I think in that time, it was just kind of like, trying to figure out who I am and what I want to do. Um, and then with confidence, it definitely came with dance industry. So dance industry is so diverse, a lot of rep representation. And that's kind of where I found my confidence, I think, because it's such a safe space where you can be who you want to be. It's, like, it's kind of like freedom, because you express who you are. Yeah. And that's kind of where it started, really. And that's where I started to kind of spread my wings and yeah. start to be a bit more confident each time. I think you said in one of your YouTube videos that because um, you can't hear the lyrics so well, mm -hmm. you have to go a lot off, a lot more off the vibrations and the feel of the music. Yeah. And that gives you like sort of unique advantage over other dancers. Yeah. So the way I feel the music, because I feel it through like my body, the vibration, the bass, and. Half the time, which you don't know that lyrics saying, I'm probably saying your lyrics so wrong. Even my friends are like Tash, I was waiting the lyrics. I'm like, so wrong, I'm living my life. And yeah, I think that's the way I feel it. It's just basically the vibration and the bass. And the way I hear music so different, that I love wearing my headphones. So I can just really feel it. And that's why I love music so much, because I hear it different to hearing people. So it's really interesting, really. Yeah. 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 And you trained at Creative Academy? Yes. How was, how was that experience? I loved it. You know, Creative Academy was the place where I could make mistakes. It's a place where I grew. It's a place where the teachers were patient with me as well. You know, as a dancer, my cochlear implant kept falling out because mm. it's just hooked onto my ear. So I kind of like would storm out of class, like slam doors, yeah. the teachers understood why. Like, they wouldn't come after me and like shout at me, like, what are you doing? They would literally lead me to it and then be patient, yeah. and we found a solution. So I wear like double-sided sticky tape on my cover implants, so I stick it to my ears, and I'm dancing, it doesn't fall out. Um, so yeah, Creative Academy is just a place where I could really be myself and unapologetically myself. Uh, where do you train now? Uh, I don't train anywhere, only base studio. So base oh, studio is kind of like a dance studio in London where you yeah. can just go train, like weekly classes, um, to, just to keep your dance training up. Yeah. Um, and in one of your videos, you said that your, during your A-levels, um, 
about year 12, uh, your cochlear implant had a problem and mm -hmm. she had a, basically you had an academic setback. Um, but you basically um, caught up from that and yeah. showed a lot of toughness. Could, would you mind telling us about that period? Yeah, so basically cochlear implant is kind of like a lifeline. Yeah. So mine lasts up to 15 years and basically I was 16 and I was just in the kitchen it just went off, like completely off, and I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. But sometimes you change like spare parts, and sometimes spare parts just needs a little bit altering, then it starts working. So it started working again, then it went off again, and I was like, I went to my dad, I was like, something's not right. And basically, um, there's not many audiologists in the UK, so the one that's closest to me, my hometown, is like an hour drive. Got to the hospital, did checks, and changed it. It was all fine, started traveling back home, went off again, so I had to go back. And they checked the inside, and basically the internal part had broke. Um, mid of my first year A-levels, exams were coming up, everything was literally coming up, and I was like, oh, no. And basically, there's no point wearing my cochlear implant till my operation. The operation was like a month later. After my operation, I couldn't wear it till I'm at ear heel. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a massive knockdown for me at that point, because I couldn't go to college. I felt, I just felt awful inside. So I was like, I didn't want anyone to see me with greasy hair, because I couldn't wash my hair for so many weeks. And it was just like, I was at home, like just coddled in my room. Um, and I think there's a point where I was like, actually, no, I need to stop you know, battering myself down. So I was like, you know what? I still got the train, I went to the college, tried to do as much as I could um, without hearing anything. And if anything, that taught me life experience that I can't just always rely on my cochlear plan. Because if it was to break again, I can still do what I need to do and not let it, you know, define me in a way. Um, so yeah, it was definitely tough at the time, but you know, my parents helped me through it and my friends did as well. Um, yeah, you know, you get obstacles in life to overcome them. And what was it like um, being in the villa as a deaf person? Because I know some of the water challenges required you to put on a cover for the yes. plant. Yeah, so um, obviously I had to be fully prepared for yeah. everything else to come my way. Um, so basically, with a cochlear implant, you can get a water cover, very, very um, unique and special. And I ordered a certain amount, and I was a bit worried because there's a lot of water challenges. And I kept saying to the producers, like, I don't think I've got that many left. I've got like two left. Um, but sometimes, if it's just like a little spray of water, that's fine. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. sprinkle proof, but not fully like drowned and waterproof. Um, and I think being in, in the villa, it was tough at times because I struggle with concentration fatigue. Yeah. So a lot of deaf people experience this. So basically, because I have to lip read, like even now I'm lip reading you, and and it's like you're overworking and you have to hear twice as much, and especially in noisy environments, like that's where I get so drained, especially after a hectic day, like even a shoot day. Yeah. If we shoot for like nine hours, at the end of the day, I'm just absolutely gone, like take out my implant, go to bed, sleep, recharge. Even in the villa, I was literally having naps throughout the day for like two to three hours, yeah. but obviously, producers wouldn't show that because you no know, girls are getting ready. It takes me like half an hour to get ready, 10 minutes max. And literally, I'd be like on the balcony, just napping. Like, I'll wake up and everyone's ready. I'm like, okay, let's go. Like, yeah. I'm fully back again. Um, so I think in, in the villa, it was tough sometimes. Like, even conversations or someone's reading out a text or something, and it's the other side of the villa. I was like, I was looking around to see how people would react. Yeah. Now, if people were like, woo, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go along with it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely some challenges, but I'm kind of glad those challenges came because yeah. it made me grow as a person in a way. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then, 
Could you tell us a bit about the sort of unseen side of, of season eight and film and being in Love Island? Because mm. um, I remember on your YouTube channel you said that um, you know after you were on Andrew's argument, then you actually went into the back room and like had a laugh after it, but that was like cut out. Yeah. So like, what to what extent does the sort of cutting process? I don't, it's, it's weird, because when, when we're in the filler, we don't know what's being put out. Like, yeah, we have okay. no clue. Um, and, but I get why that bit wasn't shown, because it just would not have made sense. Like, we <laughs> argued, then we kissed and made up, laughing in the dressing room. Then you told me what happened, then we argued again. It just would have been, so I get why it wasn't yeah. included. But yeah, after that argument, we literally, he walked off and I ran after him. And we both just looked at each other and just started laughing. We're like, what are we doing? Um, so I think that there are moments that are not going to see everything because it's 24 hours out of, you see one hour and they have how many couples' stories to fit in, storylines. Um, I think me and Andrew definitely did have a rocky journey, but they didn't show every single conversation we had. For example, moving night, people were like, yeah, them two are going to be like the most like, craziest, chaotic. We were like so chilled. We were like, we already like, knew this because we yeah. already spoke about and communicated about everything. So that's the thing with reality shows that you're not going to see every single thing in that. Yeah. Um, and then what would you say is the number one thing you learned from being on the show? Like, do you have one takeaway or...? Oh. I think um, there's so many things I learned. I think coming out of the show, it's kind of like, it made me stronger in a way. I think, you know, it's a very hard thing to do in there. You're kind of thrown in there. You don't have contact with the outside world. You can't... I'm a very emotional person. Like, I'm quite sensitive, and I think probably a lot of you saw that. And it's, it's like... It's hard when you're in there because you can't speak to anyone. It's like only, only people you can speak to was the Islanders in there. And you're kind of forced to, like... Speak, not supposed to speak to them, but you have to be open with them because otherwise you'd be bottling off, bottling off these emotions. Um, but I think coming out of there, I learned that, you know, always stay true to yourself because I feel like I did stay true to myself and I came out and I think I've got quite a bit of a feeling edit to start with and yeah. it's a shame because I think now I've come out, so many people have said, wow, like, how you are as a person is not how they showed you in the filler and it's like yeah. that's how it works unfortunately and I think coming away I'm kind of like actually you know what the last two weeks were the best weeks of my life like me and Andrew we kind of had that mentality of like we don't care anymore like but we're just over it just wanted to be me and him I just remember those last two weeks were just amazing because we just didn't, didn't care anymore we were just so over it like we're done with people's opinions and yeah I think yeah I think coming out just learned that take every experience as it comes yeah. definitely and sort of maybe a more lighthearted question but um, if you if there was one thing you could change about Andrew what would it be and would you put a ring on it <laughs> <laughs> one thing I could change yeah Oh my gosh, there's nothing I would change about him to be fair. Like, right right literally nothing. He's so kind, and like everyone that he's met, my family and my friends, they all just love him. And as a person, he's just so genuine. Like, yeah. there's no words to explain it. Like, he really cares about other people and thinks about other people. Um, i trying to think what I'd change. Oh, one thing I'd probably change is like when he brushes his teeth, he's toothpaste around his mouth, and he's like, I'm saving it for later. <laughs> Does it all the time, and I'm stood there like, great, I don't want to lick, I don't want to lick your toothpaste off, do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, apart from that, like, there's nothing I'd definitely change. Would you put a ring on it? Would I put a ring on it? Yeah. But me, you propose to him? Yeah. No, you can propose to me, but I'll say yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, and then, 
going on to what you're doing nowadays, um, who came up with the idea for the Galentine's video with India? Like, we just told, we called up, basically saying, like, oh, this is our idea. But the Galentine's yeah. with India? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, so uh, obviously India works with Boots. Yeah. Um, and Boots do... Glossy Talks of India. Yeah. I mean, India have a really great friendship anyway. We literally live so close to each other now. Like, she's literally two doors away. Um, and, yeah, they just kind of called and said we'd be up doing Galentine's with India. And I was like, 100%, because I think we've got yeah. such a good relationship between us and in the filler they didn't really show our friendship much like we probably had a really good friendship in there probably she's like one of my girls and when my times are going on for me in india we don't always have chats like the day bed like what are we doing like literally but yeah it's really nice to do that to be fair it was good which of the islanders are you still in touch with so obviously india but like like are there some that you just completely lost contact with um this is the thing i say this quite a lot it's like I didn't know any of these people before I went into the villa, yeah. and you you kind of are like, you make friendships in there naturally, and then coming out, it's like, you know, people live on the different other side of the yeah. country, and it's like, it's hard. Um, but I, stay, I try, try to stay in touch with most as I can, but I think probably, you know, Paige, I still speak to her a lot, even though she lives in Wales, yeah. when she comes to London, I make sure to see her, and like India, and like Eki and Jim, I see them at events, like, you have so many events that go on, that's probably the the time I see them the most because that's where, you know, obviously events are going to go. So I think it's hard because everyone's so busy and got their family and their friends as well. Like, I've still got my own friends and my own family that I still need to make time for. So, yeah, it's definitely hard, but it's nice when you see each other. Yeah. And you said that, one, like, sorry, different topic, but you said one of your favourite films is no, uh, The Notebook with Ryan Gosling. Um, <laughs> do you have a top ten of films? Like, do you, like what are your favourite films? Like one of my favourite films. Yeah, what, yeah, like, can you do a Blindside? Okay. You've seen The Blindside? Nah. Has anyone seen The Blindside? Oh, I love it. It's like, it's such an inspiring film. It's actually Andrew's favourite film yeah. as well. So we were in the film, he asked me, what's your favourite film? I wrote Blindside. He went, no way. It's like the same. I was like, um, basically, Blindside's amazing. You can watch it. It's very incredible and inspiring. It's got Sandra Bullock in it. It's really good. You should watch it. What would like, absolute favourite would be Blindside? Yeah, 100%, yeah. <laughs> London, but yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> and then the last one for me before we do, do a couple from the, from the audience. Um, what, what is the history of the name Guri? Because I, th I think you said mm. it's quite like cultural, historical, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically my dad's side of family, mm. it all comes from, comes from there, I came from. Um, and I'm basically like quarter Indian, so basically my dad's like half. And the cultural behind it, there's a lot of cultural behind it. Um, I think it was basically dowry back in the day, and obviously through that heritage, it translated to Gurry. And I think that, like, back then, the Gurry family was kind of like royalty, and like, my dad's uncle was like minister of like defense or something. And we've got our own missile somewhere, and like, I know it's crazy. <laughs> no, I'm like, I've still got a lot to learn. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of like a quarter. Um, it's come from my dad's side pretty much, but I definitely want to get learn more into it because obviously I've got a whole family in India I don't know about. Um, but obviously my dad lost contact with them years ago, like even before I was born. So yeah. There's one quote I always stand by is that no one else is you and that's your biggest power. And I say that every single day and I think it's so true because you have to remember who you are. Even if this, trust me, I have my down days as well. There's days where I just 
have low confidence, but then you have to remember, I am that girl, you know, you have to be like, you know what, I am that it girl, like, I'm going to go out there and do my thing, and sometimes self-love is the most important love of anything, like, you have to love yourself first before you love anybody else, and I think that quote just sticks by me every day, and it's like, you need to remember why you're doing it, what you're doing, are you happy, are you doing what you want to, like, what you're passionate about, and... Yeah, so that's probably the biggest takeaway, I would say. I think that's a wonderful note to end the talk. So thank you all for coming. I know it's kind of late. Um, let's keep it up after. Thank you.